That's a, that's a fine guess, a fine, and a great idea. I'm going to mention that to Vanessa later. Um, no, I uh, usually get up early and start the smoker. And we have uh, two turkey breasts that we're going to smoke. And um, if there's only going to, we're going to, it's only going to be a small group of people. No, how are you going to light it? I get it. Yeah, smoke the turkey. It's a joke. Wait, who's? Oh, oh did somebody not say that? I thought I heard somebody reference that joke. Um, I had a boss that that was his joke every year when I said, we're smoking the turkey. Well, how are you going to get it lit? You know, it's just, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, No, so we're just, it's going to be a small, there's going to be like seven people, real small. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to eat turkey and hang out. Oh. Is, that, is that what everybody else is doing? Yeah, what are you doing? 
I am not having seven people come over. It's like, what, how many? There's a lot of us. The Gaffneys are big groups. We have like 20-something people coming over, and we feed them. That's what we do for Thanksgiving. Yep. And Chewy will beg at every uh, single yeah. person. So yep. <laughs> that's what I will be doing Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I got to bet our, our dogs, that, that's one of the best holidays there is. I would disagree because oh. every day now, Chewy gets treats from Nana and Poppy. Yeah. Every day. Every day is Thanksgiving to yeah. that dog. Yeah. And the worst is 4th of July. Oh, yeah. For our dogs. 10 yeah. out of 10. Worst. I never realized that as a kid. I loved 4th of July. I thought fireworks were amazing. Then I grew up and I realized how hard it is on veterans, how hard it is on animals, and I was like... Oh. And veterinarians. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Tom? <laughs> Tom seconds that. <laughs> no, he's like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Justin. <laughs> Give me two. No, I'm kidding. All right, you have some announcements. I do have some announcements, and I wrote them down today on a pumpkin because that's themed. Uh, so first off, today after service, we're having our family meeting. We're going to be checking in with leaders. We have the budget we're going to go over, which is very exciting, let me tell you if you like budgets. <laughs> and yeah, we're just checking in with leaders, going over some things for 2024. Um, everyone is welcome to stay. If you're a member of Open Door, um, it, if this is your church home, you are welcome to stay. So you don't have to be like a voted in member. Okay. Okay. I thought you were giving me a note or nope, something. That great. Great. The next one is right after Thanksgiving, we are having a bunko party on the 25th. I know. Woot is right. We love bunko. That's it is a Friday, isn't it? That is. Is it this Friday? I don't know what day it is. Oh. Is, <laughs> is this Friday? Friday? Saturday. It's Saturday. 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 Hold on. Pause. It's Saturday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Crazy. Okay. Um, I'm crazy. But it's Saturday here from 11 to 2. 11 to 2 here. Um, and bring a snack to share so we can get our Bunko Fun Munchies on. And it's a lot of fun. Kids are welcome. But if they're littler kiddos, you may need to help them. So just know that we're not going to have kids running through the church. Or there's no child care available. So, but kids are welcome. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Next is, next Sunday is Prayer Sunday. And what that means for us as a church is we dedicate our Sunday school time, which is at 9.15, and we come together as a church and we pray together. Um, we have paragraph prayers and we have silent ameners. So whatever you fall in that spectrum of praying, you are welcome um, in the library at 9.15 next week. Or if you have a prayer request, you won't make it for 9.15 that's a little early for some people, and that is totally okay. Just send me an email, and we'll make sure that your prayers are prayed for during that time, because I will be here. <laughs> I am here at 8 every Sunday. So, um, And then our last one, there we go. It's on my list, so it better be there, is we are having a Christmas carol sing on Saturday, December 2nd here at the church at 3 o'clock. We're going to get together. We're going to sing some Christmas carols and just kick off this season right um, so join us. It's a Saturday, middle of the day before it gets dark, so you don't have to worry about driving home in the dark, um, and it will be a lot of fun. I love Christmas carols, so this is a great way to start December. Or if you're listening to The Fish already, Halloween, because they started Christmas carols on Halloween <laughs> this year, which is crazy. So yeah, December 2nd, join us here, and I think that's it for me. Thanks, Jack. So Thank I'm good. Thanks, guys. All right. So um, we're going to take a, a break for the Christmas season. We're not quite there, but close enough. Um, 
from Ephesians, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 23 today. Last week I talked about how yeah, we are loved. You know, we are dearly loved children. That's who we are, that, and I talked about all the different things that it, that means about who you are, that you're secure in him, you're, you're, you're significant, you're, you're clean, you have hope, you're not helpless, you're not, you're not powerless, you're not uh, um, unwanted, you're wanted. I mean, this, there's so much about what Scripture says, who we are as dearly loved children because of what Jesus did, that we just need to take that on as our identity. Well, today is the other side of it. What does God promise that he's going to treat you like as that dearly loved child? Because it's an agreement. It's a covenant. Salvation is entering into an agreement with God. And that's where Psalm 23 is. As a dearly loved child, this is how he promises to take care of you. This is his side. You're his sheep. You're his child. He takes responsibility for you. And that's what we're going to look at. Now, um, we're going to play a song. Um, it's, it's not really a worship song, and if you want to sing along with it, you can, but it's going to be a little bit of an introduction to the sermon today. I wanted to let you know, I, I, I struggle with anxiety. I don't know if anybody else does, but I do. Um, most of the time, my anxiety is about I worry about other people. I worry about the church. I worry about loved people, loved ones in my life, how they're doing, what they're gonna, what's gonna happen to them, and this this song struggle kind of deals with that, and, and this psalm does too. Do I believe that God is not just my shepherd, but their shepherd? And I want to encourage you. There, there's a line in this in this song that. That, that I just really resonate, and it's, he, he's, he, you're standing there as calm and as relaxed as you can be, talking about Jesus, and like, I want to see Jesus in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my worries, as calm and relaxed, like, I got this, why are you all stressed out, Brian? It's like, just to, just to see him and go, if he's not stressed out about it, I don't need to be either. And I want to remind you as we go through this song and in, this, in, 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 in the sermon today that it's not the strength of your faith that's the critical piece, but it's seeing clearly the object of your faith that he is bigger and has the control over everything going on in your life. If he is your shepherd, he is their shepherd. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today, because um, <coughs> I want you to get to the joy and to the gratitude of seeing Jesus clearly, okay? So let me pray for us, and then Joe's going to play a song by our dear friend, Ross Thomas. No, Ross King. Ross King. Ross King. I know it, Ross Thomas, um, but let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for your love for us in Jesus, that not only were we dearly loved children. you are our shepherd and that you promise you will take care of us. Help us to hear your voice in the song. Help us to hear your voice in this psalm that we can relax knowing that you 
have got this circumstance. You've got us. You have the people in our lives that we worry about. That you are our good shepherd. You are present. You are providing. You are protecting. And you're going to get us safely home. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you go to just the chorus for me? And I'll teach the chorus. There we go. Um, I do not expect that you guys are going to keep up with this song. I barely keep up with this song. Um, but you may have heard it on the radio. A guy named Josh Wilson covered this song, and it's been reasonably popular. So, Okay. Because I walked through the valley of shadows, and it scared me half to death. But you're with me everywhere I go. So I don't give up yet My fear would surely kill me If I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of Are afraid of you You can go back to the beginning Being a song Thanks, yeah I guess I could be more clear I'm shaking and my heart's pounding Always take me and make me lay down in Peaceful fields where I can clear my head Cause I get so overcome with anxiety Like an enemy living inside of me Like a mocker yelling out telling lies to me And I don't feel brave but I don't have to be Cause I walk through the valley of shadows It scared me half to death You're with me everywhere I go So I don't give up yet My fear would surely kill me I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of Are afraid of My emotions turn against me not Faith, no reason could convince me that you have patience left to fight for me. When my depression is affecting every ounce of me, I can get the medication and the counseling. Still, I can hear the fear calling out to me, and I don't feel brave, but I don't have to be, because I walk through the valley of shadows. It scared me half to death. You're with me everywhere I go So I don't give up yet My fear would surely kill me If I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of Are afraid of you You prepare a table for me Right in front of my worst enemies You're as calm and relaxed as can be there's no place where the demons won't find me, but just wait till they see who's standing behind me. I walk through the valley of shadows, it scared me half to death. You're with me everywhere I go, so I don't give up yet. My fear would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of. I walk through the valley of shadows It scared me half to death 
You're with me everywhere I go So I won't give up yet My fear would surely kill me If I didn't know the truth The things that I'm afraid of Are afraid of you The things that I'm afraid of Are afraid of you Go ahead and keep standing because I'll pray and then we're going to do the scripture. Father, thank you for understanding us in ways that we can't possibly not only understand ourselves but understand you. Um, thank you that your, your grace is not dependent upon the measure of our faith but on the existence of our faith. Lord, thank you for being an assertive and loving parent that when you see that we are struggling, that you as the shepherd know which end to use to get us to lay down. Help us to, uh, to be obedient in that, Father, um, and to recognize that you love us and you have our backs, Lord. May we hear this in your message this morning, and we pray specifically for Brian as he teaches uh, that he is a conduit for your word that is effective in reaching each of us as you intended, Father. Amen. Thank you. Um, yeah, you guys, we, I need to give the sound booth little flags to, to, to the, yeah, um, to tell me when my mic's not on. So I, can, can anybody else re relate to that? Just there's been fear and things you wish you had done, or you, you, you think about circumstances like that. Oh, I remember also in high school, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was terrified to call a restaurant to get in a, a, a reservation. <laughs> 
I, I still don't like the phone. I just, nope, nope. Um, I'm going to pick on Joe for a moment because he said, what was it, last week or the week before, you don't like phone calls either until you get into the groove of it. But, yeah, I don't like, I don't like fear. fear. Fear is always there. But part of this, this, these two series is realizing that, that who I am gives me a secure place. I can do those things. It's okay. And then also realizing that God's got me. He's my shepherd. This is a song for Christians. It's not, it's, and, and for the living. This is not, I know that traditionally this is something to read at a, at a funeral. And maybe one of these days I'll do it for a funeral. But even memorials and funerals, they're for the living, not for the dead. And this song is for people who, in, the, in life, that they need to hear the comfort of God. It begins with, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. The Lord, Yahweh, that's what that, whenever you see in the Bible, capital L-O-R-D, um, that's a, a way of putting in the, the, the sacred covenant name of God, because that's, what, that's how the Jews would do it. They don't really know exactly how it was pronounced. Yahweh is possible. Jehovah is possible. Yahweh is a little bit more likely, but we really don't know for sure. But the point is, is that name is the covenant name of God. It's the God of Abraham, the one who kept his promises to the children of Israel, that they're going to be taken care of. They'll bring them out of, out of the, 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 the land of Egypt. But it is also the name of Jesus. It's also the name of Jesus. And I want to show you this. How did, many of us can remember that Jesus is called himself the good shepherd. Well, where did he get this? He got this because of things like Ezekiel 34. Here, before this, this part here, um, the sovereign God, Lord, Lord Yahweh, is criticizing the, the leaders of the nation of Israel because they're not taking care of their people. And then he says this, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my, and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will see, find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the dark and cloudy day. I will bring them home uh, and, and to their own land of Israel from among the peoples of the nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and where the rivers and all the places where the people live Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep. I will give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. He's saying, I'm going to be a shepherd to them. It's obviously in a, a metaphor. But the point is, is he's calling himself, I'm going to be a shepherd to my people. And then a couple verses down, it says this. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them and be a shepherd to them. Who's David here? One of the things, just kind of a little thing to think about when you're reading through scripture and you're clearly past the historical David, the David in like Samuel, like this in Ezekiel, who are prophets way, way after, you have to ask, who are they talking about here? Is this the historical David? Or is David a metaphor? It's clearly David is a metaphor in this case. Later he's going to talk about 
this David. Jesus comes along and says, I'm that David. I'm that good shepherd. That good shepherd who sacrifices his life for the sheep. And so when we come back here to, to Psalm 23, and he says it's a psalm of David, well, yeah, he may have written it, but it's not about the historical David. It's about Jesus. That he is my shepherd. It's not just G Jesus is a shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. Which is at the core of what it means for the gospel. You realize you need and you look at Jesus and say, Jesus, take care of me. Help me. Help me by forgiveness. Help me by getting me to your, to your father's house. Help. I need you, Jesus. I am trusting you to take care of me. That's the, that's the core of the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. And because of that, I have everything I need. It's not that I lack for nothing. It's meaning in the sense that you're like, I have everything I might possibly want. I want a BMW. I want mounds of chocolate. No, that's not what he's saying. We struggle, especially in the West, just differentiating between needs and wants. We really do. There's a lot that we think we need, but we really need very, very little that we actually have. What this is promising is you get what you need. Not everything you want in life, but everything you must have. That's the promise. It's a, it's a statement of trust. Because God in Jesus Christ is my shepherd, I have everything I must have. It's a statement of trust. It's a statement of faith. It's a song for people who believe Jesus. And it's, it's a go, it, the, 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 push, the, the push, the question it'll ask us is, do you trust him to be your shepherd? To shepherd the people you care about, as hard as it is. You know, this, 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 this question of, is, is God withholding good from you? That's a core slander of Satan. That's, what, that's a lot of what's going on in Genesis 3. That God is withholding good. Is God really withholding what you need? Or do you feel like you have to take it because God's not going to give it to you? This psalm is saying, no, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. So if we look at this, the, the outline of this psalm, verse, verse 1 is kind of the introduction. It's the overall statement that, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd and he's got me. And then in, in verses 2 through 5, uh, 2 and 3, it's just kind of a typical good day for a sheep. It's a great day. It's whatever a sheep, if you're a sheep, this is what you want out of your life. Two and three. And then we come to verses four and five, and it's, it's, there's this, this, this movement back to the sheep pen, but it's, it's, it's through a hard moment. And then in verse six, there's, there's a, a summary again. 
So let's look at a good day for a sheep. Good day for a sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, let, quiet waters. That's all, that's all a sheep needs. And I love this. He causes, he makes me. How many of us won't stop? We need Jesus to say, stop, Brian. I've got you. Stop being running around all freaked out about stuff. Calm down. It reminds me of, the, uh, of how Jesus with the disciples made them come away from ministry to stop. It reminded me of something, you know, when I was, many years ago, I was in the college ministry, and we were at a a conference, and there was a much older Christian there who asked the question, do you you feel driven? To which all of us young bucks said, yeah, I'm driven. And then he said, do you realize Jesus never drives people? He leads them, but he never drives. He never drives. He doesn't, he's, he's not back there with a whip going, you need to go. No. He leads. We are often so anxious of go, 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 go. And, and, and Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Again, it's the song, song, the line in the song. He's so calm. He's relaxed. Go back and look through the Psalms, through through the Gospels. Jesus is never in a hurry. Not once. The the only time you ever see God run is in the good Samaritan, the the, the, the prodigal son. It's going after reaching a returning son. But that's what's so shocking about it. Because the rest of the time, God does what he does when he does it at the pace he does it. There's no need to rush. He makes me calm down. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know, sheep will not, will not drink in rushing water. They need to be a place where they can feel safe and secure. And he does this. He takes care of them. So the, so the image is, is, is the shepherd has taken the sheep out of the pen and he's led them out. To a nice, wonderful place that they get everything a sheep needs. Food. And then water. Being with the shepherd. And then they head back. Refreshing. He's refreshing your soul. Taking care of you. Life giving. God wants us to thrive. With him as your shepherd. And then he guides me along these right paths. (coughs) There's a path that we need to go. And Jesus is taking the sheep, you, and the people you love somewhere. He's taking them. He's leading them. But why? See, this is one of the struggles that I have. And I know I hear it everybody else. If I am not a good Christian, Jesus isn't going to take care of me. That's not what it says. Why is he doing this? Because of his own name. It doesn't depend on me for Jesus to continue to be my shepherd. It depends on, he's doing it for his own sake, his own glory. 
because he knows if he doesn't take care of us, it doesn't look good for him. His reputation's sake. God loves you, not because of your worthiness to be loved, but because of his choice to love you. It's based on him. based on us we put so much weight on ourselves this sheep in this psalm is like he's going to take care of me not because I'm a great sheep but because he's a good shepherd that's why again it's like the, it's like I think about my, my a, a, a small child or or my dogs or cat. <laughs> right? It's why do I take care of them? Because they're really good cats? Because they're really good dogs? No, no, no. Because it's the right thing to do. Because I care about them. <coughs> Same thing with you. It's not because you're this amazing sheep. It's because he's a good shepherd. This is why he's going to take care of us. He loves you. And then we switch to the metaphor. Even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil. Now, this is often misunderstood as being death. And while, in a sense, that's true, but we need to remember that, that death in, in Scripture is a metaphor for everything that's, that's evil. Technically, this is it's a dark valley. In a sense, it's a lot like it's that place where you're most likely to get robbed and attacked. Maybe in, in your mind it would be like in a, in a downtown alley in the worst part of Portland or New York or, or Chicago. That's the idea. It's a scary place. It's a dangerous place for a sheep. So we think about all the things that go with, 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 with that fear, anxiety, worry, hurt, pain, Jesus is leading them. How, how, did, how, did, the, how did the sheep get there? How did the sheep get to, to this valley? Because he led me there. The, the, the pattern in this psalm is that the shepherd has taken the, the sheep out for a good day, and now he's bringing them back. And maybe he went through the valley one way, maybe he's going both ways. But the shepherd is leading them. The reality is, is this life is full of pain and injustice and hurt. And yet, that's the way home. That's the way home. But I'm not going to fear something bad happening to me. Why? Why this courage? Why? Well... Because you're with me. Because Jesus is with you in the middle of that. You're never alone. I said that last week. You are literally, as a believer, not one moment of your entire existence are you alone. You may not realize his presence, but he's there. Your rod and your staff, they comfort. Rod, that's something that would be used to attack your enemies. It's a club, basically. 
the club. The wolf tries to come near, whack. Staff. Staff is used for one of a couple of different things. Sometimes it's, it's to, to, to knock the sheep to go the right way. There is, the reality is, is sometimes we as believers do things that are not in our best interest. And sometimes Jesus lets us wander a little bit, but because he's a good shepherd, he will go whack and just, right? And get us back going. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, a lot of times they have that crook. Why? Because let's say they fall off. They'll hook them in there and pull them back up. There's this hilarious meme, if you've never seen it. Maybe I'll share it on, 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 uh, on Facebook. It's, it's talking about me as a sheep with Jesus. And it's this sheep that gets pulled out of this, this deep gully next to a road. And, put, and the shepherd pulls him out and then he bounces three feet and then jumps back in. <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> right? Boom, 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 bang. He pulls him back out. Boom, 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 bang. That's what the shepherd will do. He's like, oh. But he never loses patience with you. Because he knows that's part of his job. His, his staff is there to rescue you. And these two things are the power to deal with whatever issue is facing you as a believer. To get you out of the messes that you, that you put yourselves in. And it brings comfort. You know, and, and at this point, maybe the question is, but, but Christians get hurt. We do. raped we're not immune to any of the bad stuff that happens to us in this life it's true and it does happen to us but that doesn't mean he's not there and it doesn't mean he's not a good shepherd another metaphor of, of, of the Psalms is that he is a shield so what's the if I get hurt, what's the, what's the cause? Either I've jumped out from behind his shield or he's allowed that to come in for some reason that I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. Have you, did you notice the, the change here? In the first couple of verses is he makes me, it's third person. He makes me lie down. But once you get into the valley, it turns to first person. You comfort me. You. It gets very, very personal here. Because I think in those valleys, that's where we really can really get to know who Jesus is. That's where we need his. We, we often don't really need a sermon or a lecture. We just need to know Jesus. You're with me in the middle of this. You were with me at that moment when I was deeply um, not being taken care of by somebody. You're there. The presence of Jesus. Sometimes he might rob us or, or deny us some good thing to give us the most important thing, himself. To realize that's our greatest need, is him. This is why you don't, this is why he doesn't fear. Because he, you, not just third person plural, eh, that's theoretical. No, no, no. 
you, Jesus, are with me. He knows it in that moment. He's with me. Bad things do happen. But he's with me. In that moment. The, the uh, image switches here. From, from the image of a sheep to a lavish host. But it's the same themes, just restated. The same themes of provision and protection and God's presence, all right there. And he uses this with this image of preparing a feast, a table before me. Jesus is the server in the presence of my enemies. The idea is that out there is the enemies are angry. They're gnashing their teeth. They are angry at you. They're trying to get at you. And Jesus has turned his back to them, in a sense, in an ultimate, you are of no concern to me. I am going to serve my sheep. Presence before me. It's likely not a simple meal. Um, this idea of feasting and eating in the ancient Near East was always something viewed as a celebratory moment. It, it, it's to create bonds, a friendship, to secure a treaty or a covenant. It's, it's sealed relationships. It, it was a way of describing, I am loyal to you. This is, I'm going to take care of you. It's a lot like communion, which is one of the reasons why we, it's called the Lord's Supper. Because that's the culture. You eat together, you break bread together, then we're, we're, we're more than friends. We're connected. You anoint my head is the next one. You anoint my head. Um, it's not, it, it, it's the idea of pouring out blessing. These two, this oil cup with oil, the, the, the refreshment of the, the cup overflowing. It's this idea of I'm, this is what a good host does in the ancient Near East. Is when they come there, they would give them oil to refresh them. Their cup, it's the, the yummy stuff of, of life. I am giving not just enough for you, but more than you need. The blessings are overflowing. God is so lavishly wanting to pour love and goodness over and over and over to you. Again, and Jesus is your servant. Right in the presence of your enemies. What a good God we have. And it ends with this. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I, I, I like this, but it, but it doesn't quite get the punch this idea of follow, it's the idea of pursuit. It's, the, it's, it's often used, that word follow, of when you're being chased by bad people. You're tr you know, I think about it as a kid, like in the movies, where, where uh, maybe some of you were personally new, where you're trying to run to your house while the bullies are chasing you. That's the word. That's the word. But in this case, it's not bullies, it's not people who want to hurt you, it's God's goodness and his love. His faithful, pursuing, merciful love is chasing you down. 
what an image. And it will do that all the days of your life. One of the things I pray for us every once in a while is, is that, God, you would, you would follow behind us with mercy. I think of this when I do that. It's the idea of, I know I'm going to make mistakes in my life. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need your mercy, but Jesus will pursue that, will have mercy pursue me all the days of my life. Goodness will keep chasing you, and one of these days, it will fully catch up to you. You may not fully get it now, but you will one day. What day is that? When you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, one of the things you need to remember with this, what for David, who penned this, what is the house of the Lord? It's the temple. What do you do in the temple? You worship. You enjoy God's presence. <laughs> it's a way of speaking of being with God forever in his house. Now, we won't always, we won't get the full fulfillment of this until one day, but that day is coming when Jesus, our shepherd, takes this and says, I am going to have you experience the fullness of this. And we can see this right here. When the lamb the center of the throne will be our shepherd. And he will feed them in springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear. Every tear from their eyes. Jesus saying in John 14, there are many places in my father's house. Otherwise I wouldn't have told you because I'm going away to make a place for you. You're going to live in Jesus' home. He has led you out of the pen to the, to the green grasses to sustain you in this life. He's leading you through the dark valley of this veil of tears, as one poet has said it, this, this life of hardness. But he's taking you home to live in his house forever. There will be a banquet Revelation 19, let us be joyous and be glad and, and honor him. Why? Because the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he has prepared his bride herself. And, and his bride has prepared herself. There's going to be a feast, a table, where Jesus serves us in the presence of his enemies. This is, Jesus is the good shepherd. He has sacrificed himself for you. You are his. You are his people. I want you to live life realizing you're loved by him. That he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of the people you, that you're worried about. And I understand that's challenging. I understand that's hard. But again, it's not about your level of faith. I want you to see clearly the object of your faith that Jesus, your shepherd, is their shepherd too. He's your shepherd, and he's their shepherd. And he's calm. He's relaxed. He's got this. He knows where he's taking you. He knows where he's taking them. He has his, he has his, his rod. He has his staff. He will get his sheep home. So trust him. Lord, 
Thank you that you are Lord and that you have my life and you have the life of the people I love. And help me to, to respond as you want me to do in, in, the, in the lives of the people around me, in the, in the circumstances that you give me on how I might influence people this way or that. But Lord, help me to never t think that I am their shepherd, that you ultimately are. I am just maybe an under-shepherd. I'm somebody who might assist you, but ultimately they stand and fall to you because you are their, their shepherd. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're with us in the middle of the dark valley. Thank you that you're bringing us home. In Jesus' name. Stand as you're able. King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing like if I am his, and he is mine forever. Is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Never failing, ruler of my heart, everlasting. My soul on the mountain high, in the valley low, King of love, my shepherd is. King of love, my shepherd is. Lost and foolish, off I stray, but yet in love he saw me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing dark veil I fear no will with thee dear Lord beside me thy rod and staff my comfort still thy cross before to guide me never failing ruler of my heart everlasting lover of my soul
Shepherd, may I sing your praise within your house forever, within your house forever. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times When I hunger, when I thirst When I'm last or when I'm first I will bless the Lord at all times I will bless the Lord at all times I will bless the Lord at all times when I'm weak and when I'm tired, when I'm tested by the fire, I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise will continually be on my lips, and I'll cling to and trust in His sweet promises that His goodness and mercy Follow me all the days of my life. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. When I stumble, when I fall, when I rise above it all, I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise will continually be on my lips And I'll cling to and trust in His sweet promises That His goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life I will bless the Lord at all times I will bless the Lord at all times down here and nothing above could ever separate me from his love from his love oh not life not death not the past or the present or tomorrow I will bless the Lord 
I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Oh, one of the things we often don't say is that Jesus said that uh, this will be the last time that I eat of the fruit of the vine until I do it again with all of you in the kingdom of God. There will come a day where there will be this beautiful family gathering. There was a song, and I really wish we could find it. You know, you know which one. There's a oh, family reunion was the name of this potluck in the sky. Does anyone know that song? You do? Oh, we love that song, but we can't find it. I don't know. Anyway, there's going to be a day where we'll have this family reunion in his house. What a thanksgiving that day would be, right? So today, we remember that Jesus purchased you being his beloved child. Come to the, and said, this is my body given for you. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out of, for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you eat and drink these things, we will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Lord Jesus, help us to take this day and just have it be a moment where we again say thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for shepherding us home. And we lay at your feet all the fears, all the worries, all the anxieties, about either our lives or the people that we care about and say, Jesus, you've got this because you're a good shepherd and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come to the table.
body and blood of Christ given for you. May the good shepherd go before you along right paths, ordering with his providence, providence exactly where you need to be. May he follow behind you with mercy and grace. And may he give you the grace of his presence today, tomorrow, and all the days of your life and get you home. God bless. We'll see you guys next week.